0: Hey, it's Cody. I just wanted to come here at the top of the episode to tell you about the newest earbud media show, because we didn't really talk about it, but I'm very proud of it. It is called Diary of a Mad Muslim, and it's hosted by Sarah Khan, who is a friend of the show, and hence we've read her stuff on the show before, and she's very great, and it's a very cool show. It's about being Muslim in America, and a whole lot of other things, but yeah, you can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Diary of a Mad Muslim, and you can find it at Mad Muslim Pod. so yeah, check it out if you wanna. Bye! I'm speaking of sick, speaking of I'm sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How you doing, Cody? Awful, thanks for asking. Oh,
1: okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's been into the Twilight, folks. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's September now, which of course means back to school, and of course we- means that... Cody, you're obviously really getting into that back-to-school spirit by just getting your sickness out of the way, right? By contracting the plague, yeah. 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 So, great. Good start. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to be really spreading those germs around to everybody in the city. Good job. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I-
0: all of Chicago. Thank you. You better fucking doors. <laughs> <laughs> you're no, just ready. going
1: real Prince of Egypt on this motherfucker, aren't you? <laughs>
0: Like, I I only go Prince of Egypt on anything. Oh, damn. That's my one mood. Damn.
1: Real biblical. I guess we should probably save those references for later on in the podcast, Fuck, too. I
0: mean, we will get to them. Don't you worry. In this Christian podcast?
1: Listen. Oh, my God.
0: Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah, absolutely not.
1: So, Cody, I'm yeah. so proud of you, first of all, that you've made... 41 episode. well, I guess 40 episodes with not getting sick on the podcast. And I'm amazed and intrigued and also slightly jealous, is what I should say. So tell me everything. I'm what just. What do you mean
0: tell you everything? Just, I'm sick. I'm sick, Allie. <laughs> what do you want from me, Allie? I, I, I'm sick. I'm just. I made a phlegm. I made a phlegm. My I'm new under a blanket. And I want to die.
1: <laughs> oh, man. What I would give to be under a fucking blanket right now. It's 95 degrees
0: out, y'all. It's <laughs> September. I What hate... the fuck? Is the Pacific Earth supposed to be, like, chill? Like, literally and, like, you know, figuratively? <laughs>
1: you have no idea how much I hate this. I hate this. I don't understand. I... The deal that I made with this Earth was <laughs> when September... Like, I, I put up with August... I try sure. so hard, like it's Leo season. I do my goddamn best. <laughs> and I make the deal with this planet that when September hits, it's supposed to immediately be 65. I'm supposed to wear a scarf. I'm supposed to put on my boots and live my best life. Like and 65 is even like like I'm making a compromise. My best <laughs> life is like 55. Oh and, my god. And so But when I look at my phone app and it says, oh yeah, it's 95, and I'm saying, sorry? I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a hellhole, folks. Welcome to my life is where I'm at. (laughs) All of my students have been very perplexed. When they're trying to wear their new back-to-school outfits, which include the outfits that I have suggested, the ones that I want to wear as well, and they cannot do that without sweating buckets, so it's been a wild ride. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a trip. Um, in other news, I'm holding on to a stuffed lamb right now, so that's where I'm at. Julie really trying to live on to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought that I would have some <sighs> symbolism fun today, and also...
0: I don't know, it brings me comfort. I just, these chapters like, it, make me unhappy. I haven't thought about the fucking line in the lamb bullshit in so long. And now you just bring it, you bring it right back up. You bring it right back in. How could you ever forget, is my question. We're not in Twilight anymore, right? Like, she's not saying it every five seconds anymore. So I've distanced myself a little bit. What a life to live, to be able oh to God. distance yourself from Twilight. I do forget, I
1: guess, that you are... not you know, in the, in the trenches of our log, And so you don't get like barraged with the line of lamb quotes at every possible second. But absolutely not. Speaking of Bella and her propensity for bringing up old quotes,
2: I (sighs) have come to
1: a conclusion with you, obviously that we should do something to celebrate Bella's birthday. I mean, might as well, right? I mean, it is a monumentous occasion, even though she hates... I sp- wouldn't go that far. Oh. I mean... All right, so this is when I <laughs> just... Uh, no, I'm going
0: to quit the podcast. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I know... Belle's Bell- birthday is my favorite holiday. <laughs>
1: oh, can you fucking imagine?
0: Um, <laughs> I absolutely can, which is... <laughs> hey,
1: first of all. So... I know Bella doesn't like celebrating her birthday, uh, Virgo problems. However, we're going to be celebrating her birthday because we're doing our first live stream.
0: wait wait Patreon
1: goals for the win. wait wait But <laughs> I guess we're kind of making a compromise with Bella because we're not doing it on her birthday. So, that's the thing. Cody, when yeah. are we actually doing our live stream? September
0: 14th, 9pm Central. Fantastic. Thank you so much. On our YouTube channel. Yes. Into the Twilight. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So much. <laughs> I love
1: you. <laughs> Aww. Um, I just like squeezed my lamb when you just. <laughs> um, it was not on script. Is this lamb acting as a voodoo doll? What's happening here? What's going on? No, I just, I couldn't find my koosh ball, so I grabbed the next best thing. It's like the size of my palm. It's really cute. Um, it's oh. like very small. Um, so, yes, during that live stream, we'll be talking about... Things. Vampire-adjacent things. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, Ask us
0: questions. Have fun. Yeah. It's gonna be Please fun. Please
1: don't let it just be us two, for fuck's sake. Please come. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so, current event things. Cody. Yeah. First of all, on the docket. There's actually a theme park happening. for <laughs> <We're> Twilight.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, God bless. Our next, after uh, Forks, obviously, our next real field trip going out in the field is to, a uh, fucking
1: Korea. Thank you to everyone who's helped make our first patron goal happen. Uh, we are now adding We're <laughs> now another... fundraising to go to Korea. <laughs> yep, yeah, we are now fundraising to go to South Korea so that when they open up this Lionsgate movie world, we can go and- Because apparently it's in 2019 that they're opening it up, so- That is a
0: real swift turnaround. Hell yeah, they're not um, fucking around. I do. I do want to stress the fact that this is not a Twilight theme park. It is a Lionsgate movie world, which means there is a theme park for like seven of the most popular Lionsgate movies, including The Hunger Games, including Twilight, including Now You See Me. That was the the movie about (laughs) magicians with Jesse Eisenberg. So, like. I I just don't understand. I didn't read that (laughs) book. Oh no. Yeah, I... To the magic and mystery, and now you see me. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's favorite movie. I mean... About magicians. Yo, I fucks with that first movie, though. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Jesse Eisenberg. Oh my god. Bruce Banner, are you kidding
1: me? Oh, God. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to, you know,
0: hop across the pond, right? So. I want to stress so bad. But each is, it says each movie, they're calling them movie zones, so I don't even know if they're like actual (laughs) theme parks or if it's more like an Epcot kind of thing.
2: Sure. But
0: each zone will feature themed restaurants, which, interested. Listen. Cafes, souvenir shops, and entertainment performances. I have never wanted anything (laughs) more. (laughs) to become an actual <laughs> vampire on stage. <laughs> Literally. <Allie she'll- laughs> is her ticket. She's moving to South Korea. I will
1: fall on stage, like rip open my blouse, like be- make me a vampire on stage. Can you, there's gotta be someone that's gonna do this, though, is the
0: thing. <laughs> oh my god.
1: I think I've watched a Criminal Minds episode start that way, is the problem. Um, oh my god. I I can't wait. I can't wait. This, listen, the world is ending, so please just (laughs) let this happen before that. That's all I'm asking for. In other news of the world is ending, and wild things are happening during this, can we talk about this fantastic crossover that I didn't know existed until about, uh, like two hours
0: ago? (laughs) And it's kind of changed the game. Okay, so... Cosmo <clears throat> released I would say the most important article of this year Thank you Cosmo Thank you finally Thank you Cosmo like, Thank you the bold type for making this happen. <laughs> Thank you all of it You
1: finally because, stopped talking about
0: shitty blowjobs And you've gotten to the real important <laughs> stuff I'll, Let me just hit you with this headline real quick Robert Pattinson once lived with Screech From Saved by the Bell When our brains <laughs> can't cope <laughs> I wrote this article there's so much to dissect here, but the main point here is that is my that... nom de plume is Olivia Blair. <laughs> okay, great. And also- The crater on Robert, Robert Patson. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay, there is a photo. I will say there's a photo of Robert Pattinson, and Allie and I are very confused as to what is happening with this poor boy's head. This article is the only thing that's ever mattered to me in my whole life. Basically, Robert Pattinson- <laughs> And Screech, <laughs> from safe by the Bell, lived together, and fucking Screech showed him what a Hot Pocket was. So, really, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to humanity.
1: It is worth noting that we are not disrespecting Dustin Diamond here. We are no. calling him Screech because apparently our pets calls him Screech.
0: Like, everyone. I don't think he... I don't think he has a real name. Oh. Like, Dustin Diamond? Okay, sure. Screech.
1: His, his nom de plume. Um, <laughs> yes. So, this article is the most important thing that's ever happened to me, and Cody and I may have spent a long time dissecting the intricacies of it. So, there's a lot going on here. Mainly- And there's a real good photo of Screech in here. Just, like, a real good photo. It's true. Mainly, I would have never expected, if you'd have put it on a pop quiz- on celebrity hot takes I would have never guessed so I'm just amazed and everything is perfect about it so thank you so much Cosmo I appreciate it and also just the (laughs) fact that it was written yesterday just like I'm shook (laughs) and also I just really Cody please I just want to know what's on our pet's face in that photo (sighs) it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life is what I'm trying to say (sighs) I don't want to talk about these chapters
0: you know what fuck it oh okay (laughs)
1: I didn't thank you so much for this 15 minute podcast. Thank I've, you. This has been the into the current events podcast. But and like not current events, just current events that specifically relate to the Twilight series. Fuck you. Those are current events. All right. I think. <laughs> I think you can. All right. So here's the thing. We read chapters 25 and 26. We did. And this is when shit starts to hit the fan and kind of preps us for what we're going to be talking about in basically the next month or so, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is wild. So chapter 25 (sighs) leaves off right where we stopped last week. (laughs) With uh, Victoria's head rolling off into the trees. R.I.P. Really graceful stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was very beautiful. So as we have talked about, essentially for almost a year now, Folks, please remember, Bella's been through a lot, and this chapter in particular, we're going to be discussing Bella's trauma a lot, so just please. Buckle up, everyone. Yes, please. Uh, So chapter 25 starts off with Bella being shook as fuck, understandably so, (laughs) and Edward just, like, not paying her any mind, and instead just focusing on uh, making a bonfire out of these old vamps' bodies. Yeah, really good. It just very fixated on this task with Seth. Like it's a it's a very important bonding activity for the two of them. So that's very nice. The thing that I never expected to read again and I apparently I had just personally blocked out was the phrase quote, Edward with his arms full of Riley. What? So that's a hard what? pass for me, actually. The only, and there's very few still at this point, the only redeemable part of this chapter, and I do say this with recognizing that Bella is against the cliff face in shock right now, is that yep. once they are done making this bonfire, Edward and Seth fist bump, which would have Go been... Go Yeah, in, which in any other circumstance would have been one, cute, two, pure... And three, hilarious, except for, hi, your wife?
0: (laughs) Your literal wife? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Is crying and just saw someone get decapitated. Right. But, like, it's chill. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Everything is crumbling, but, you know, men, right? (laughs) Uh, So, once this is done, Edward is like, oh, shit, yeah, my wife. And it's like, oh, crap. Uh... (laughs) You're, like, kind of freaking out right now. I should probably take care of this. So, it's described that he walks towards Bella similar to how you would walk in, like, a hostage situation.
2: In, like, a very,
1: like, slow, and he's using, like, a very calming cadence
0: with his voice. And he's like, hey, 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 like, it's chill. (laughs) Like,
1: don't worry about it.
0: And I will say that this is a really nice way to handle it. Like, he understands that she definitely went through traumas going, like, yeah." I know he saw some crazy shit back there. Just don't want to like be too aggressive and like make you feel weird. Right. Cool. You tell me if I'm overstepping all that stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is mentioned here that like it's an exaggerated slowness. He's got his hands up. Like it, he's doing <laughs> his best to like be yeah. chill. Um, yeah. I just love that he's like Bella can you just drop the rock, please? And she's (laughs) like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. So that's great. Now they have this conversation, and it comes to light with Bella slowly that he's acting this way because he assumes she thinks that Edward is going to hurt her. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs)
0: Like, no. What? Why would you? What? That's a weird jump for you to make, Edward. <laughs> Absolutely. Like you you silly bean. Come on. Yeah.
1: But before they can actually communicate that out loud, Bella starts to walk towards him and Edward's like, oh no, 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 we should probably keep a distance for a second. She trips over herself to get to him and as soon as he catches her in his arms, she loses it, understandably so. This section is the biggest mood of 2017 because, so she starts to sob, Edward starts apologizing and he's like, hey, hey, like, it's over, it's all good. And Bella says, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm just freaking out. Uh, give me
0: a minute. And I'm like, yo. <laughs> the most relatable bit of text that Bella's ever, ever be said. <laughs> yeah. Like. Just give me a minute. I just need a human minute here for a second. Yeah, like, literally. Oh, fuck. I uh, missed those
1: times. In the forest, like, literally bleeding. Just went through another life or death situation. And she's like, you know what? I'm all good. I just, like, <laughs> I just. So, I get it. It's all good. Um, And then she starts to find out that, like, everything is actually good. Yeah. They had their fight, and it's been, like, de-escalated and good. And the other fight that was going on, then de-escalated, also good. When she's asking about everybody, I thought that it was cute that she asks if Alice and Esme were okay first. I was like, oh, pure. Me. Yep. Yeah. But I think that it is important, too, that she starts to be like, oh shit, okay, like, my family's safe. Uh, Victoria's, like, actually dead. This is good. But she says, I couldn't completely take in the good news while I was still so confused. And I was like, yep, that's, (laughs) there we go. Yep. So then they actually start to communicate about why Edward thought that she was afraid of him. And she's like, oh no 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 like that part where you were killing people in front of me what and she just she it even says here like i shrugged shrugging was good too very blasé and she was like no that wasn't yeah you with your marble body hurting other people with marble bodies What? Uh, (laughs) that's weird so, I just thought that that was very like, no, I'm not going to talk about my fetish out here in public. Uh,
0: no, what? Hey, keep that for inside.
1: English. Yeah. <laughs> that is an interior tent conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I did think that it was interesting that Edward uses the phrase, you nearly gave me a heart attack. And I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> like, you don't. Like, we know. <laughs> hey, listen, don't try to. Yeah, so he starts to talk about the rock incident with the third wife thing. And Bella, of course, being who she is, she's like, I wanted to help. Like, you're not going to put me on the sidelines for this. And then we find out that when we thought that Seth was hurt last chapter, he was not hurt. He was putting on a ruse. Faking it. It uh, tricked us all. We, were all. we all cared so much. I get so nervous when talking about Seth. He just, my son. And um, he was trying to be smart about this, doing his little moves. So it's important. Yeah. So what I love about this, though, is they're having this conversation. Seth is still there. So they, like, pan <laughs> over to Seth, and he's, like, smug. And he's like, God damn, like, this was my one thing. Let me have this one thing. I can't even I call, call it I wanted to kill her. I
0: know. It's so cute.
1: So here's the thing. Everything seems sort of fine. So they're getting ready to go back to the clearing with everybody else. And then this is the part that's my least favorite of this chapter. No, no, not my least favorite of this chapter, but like (laughs) personally my least favorite part. So they're getting ready to go. And then all of a sudden, Edward and Seth simultaneously freak out. And every time I reread this book, I forget about this part because my mind's like, nope. (laughs) And I guess it's just that I have a weak point. When people, like, fall to their knees in, like, anything, it's like, oh. Yeah. No good. So, Seth freaks out, and he starts whining. It's like, "Uh oh And then Edward falls to his knees, and he's freaking out. So, Bella, of course, of course, starts freaking out, too. So, Edward starts using we words and starts talking about Sam, but he doesn't explain what's going on. He just sends Seth away. And it's like, oh, that? That was weird. (laughs) Nothing's... What? (laughs) We're not going to communicate about what just happened. Let's just... He just, like, pops back up, like, dusts his shoulders off, and then goes. And so they head back into the forest and go to read the rest of the family. And then he's like, oh, yeah, so that... Um, Well, we're just heading back to the family because the Volturi are coming. And Bella, (laughs) (laughs) being my pure, pure sweetheart that she is, is like, oh... So, I just hit my breaking point, is the thing. Understandably so, because, hi, you're going through the worst amount of things. Yeah. I mean, she says even here, like, could I handle this? Like, the idea of this, she's, like, flinching away from the memory. She's mentioning, like, I was close to my breaking point. Hi, because it's Bella. And there's only so much, like, a human could handle at this point. Right. So, she finally gets to the point where she has... Edward tell her what's going on and he explains that there was one newborn that was hiding and Leah tried to take care of it herself because she's a strong independent woman who can sure, yeah. help anything. However, the newborn got the best of situation and she finds out that Leah wasn't the one that was hurt. So obviously, <laughs> we know as the reader, like why would Edward have fallen down? If it was someone that he cared about, so we find out, of course, that it was Jacob. Jacob, Jacob. (laughs) So here's the thing: Edward says Jacob, and then Bella says, "I was able to nod once. Of course, I whispered." And then she's like, "She says everything went to black, and it's like, nope. There we go. Like that was that was it. I'm gone. (laughs) Like uh, I just." My pure child, there's only so much you can handle. And fade to Black, we get to the clearing, and all of the family is around her, of course.
0: <sighs>
1: okay. So Edward is freaking out, of course, because we find out she's been unconscious for like five minutes, and Edward is not a patient
0: person. No.
1: So Daddy Malfoy is like, Daddy, Edward, Daddy. could you just chill? She's trying. (laughs) She's trying her best. Okay. She really is. She really, like, she really is. It's even mentioned here, like, she says, I felt totally disconnected from my body. Like, I was caged in a small corner of my head, no longer at the controls. Like, what do you want? (laughs) Like, that's as clear as you can get here. So, then we get Alice, and this is the part, this fucking, I can't handle this part. She's like, well, we have about five minutes till the Votori get here, and also, um, Belle's going to open her eyes in about 37 seconds. By the way, I'm pretty sure she can hear us now. And it's like, (laughs) damn, (laughs) like, can you just call her out, like, a little bit more? Uh, So, the thing that actually gets her to wake up, of course, is Edward saying that Jacob is fine, or that he will be fine. Right, and Daddy Malfoy reassures that too, of course, because he's Daddy Malfoy, and he even knows his shit. He's a good scientist. He's a good doctor. He is. He even like decides to make a joke at the end of explaining it to her. Like, it'd be Uh, easier if he phased back into being a human because he's never been to vet school, and it's like. (laughs) Damn. Uh, I love him. I love him so much. We get a little bit more information about Jacob's injuries, though. That the right half of his body was shattered, and I was like,
0: ooh. His entire right
1: side (laughs) is fucked. Yep. So that's a hard pass for me, is the thing. So apparently not all of the family was surrounded by Bella when she conked out. We find out that Jazz was gone. And it's not jazz being his usual like Bella. I appreciate you, but I'm gonna just do me like <laughs> over there. No. Um, it's because there is another person with them in this clearing, and we find out that it's a teenager who has crimson red eyes. And uh, the teenager is who we come to find out is Bree Tanner. Boy, boy, boy.
0: Da, da, da. <laughs>
1: and i just i have so many feelings about jazz in this moment because we find out that like he was trying to be everywhere during this fight because like this is at once like his best element but also is bringing back a lot of shit for him so we find out that he was bit like a ton he was like rubbing his hands and we find out that he's on guard here trying to keep brie away from bella Mm -hmm. and so he's like pissed he doesn't want to be here He was trying to do the most to keep his family safe, but also to make sure that Alice didn't have anything to do during the fight, which you know pissed her off. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, because she even says... Fuck, let me go. I want to go. Yeah, I mean, she even says here, like, she calls him an overprotective fool. And so, you know, she's just been unamused this whole time. So we get some information about Bree here. Just a slight introduction about her character, and I'm curious how you felt about Brie, because this is your first time meeting her.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: She's mentioned here about, like, being kind of feral, I guess. Yeah, like, this is just
0: young and pissed and just, like, snarling at Belle. Like, right. Bell's like, ah, oh, cool, uh...
1: <laughs> 'Cause I mean this Can you do is that our, somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> this is I guess our second introduction to a newborn. Because right. Riley was still a newborn, but obviously a lot more in control. This Brie here is, And also a lot
0: more just like foreshadowing it back and like backstory.
1: Right. Yeah. So Brie here is what we're supposed to imagine a newborn is like. Right. right. So I mean it's mentioned, of course, that the reason that she's still alive is because Carlisle offered the safety to her if she just, like, stopped, <laughs> like, yeah. fighting. Just uh, please, God. <laughs> yep. Which is very Daddy way of them. Absolutely. Yep. And, of course, they're unamused because the fact that Brie just, like, will not chill. She needs <laughs> Bella uh, She as wants usual. to fight so bad. <laughs> yep. So, cue... The Volturi coming, right? That's what we've been My waiting blade. for. Now, the one thing that I love about this entrance of the Volturi is how dramatic it is.
0: Yeah, it's like, pretty good. It's very good.
1: <laughs> I just love the fact that Stephanie took the time to mention that Felix like let his hood fall back enough so that he could wink at Bella. Oh, like, God. how dramatic do you have to be... I can't. so extra. I love it so much. So this conversation is wild and very interesting to me. Of course, Carlisle's going to play the mediator of it because that's his role here. Yep. In um, life. In life. Yes. In life and in love. And so Jane is the head of their small little group here. And she's like, so what the fuck? Happened actually.
0: Yo,
1: what's up? <laughs> uh, because what we found out when Edward and Bella were on their way to the clearing is that the Volturi knew what the newborns were doing. Right. And they were just like letting it happen. And so in case one of the newborns like <laughs> took out some of the Colon family, they'd be like, Oh well that sucks, but we're not gonna Oops. do anything about it. Um, and so when they're having this conversation it's important to know that backstory. I mean, this conversation goes on for a long time, but some of the backstory here is Jane trying to figure out more of who created these people. And when she doesn't get enough interesting conversation, I guess, out of the Cullens, she moves on to Brie. And I just... there's It's just hard for me to sonically imagine these two high-pitched, childlike voices talking to each other. It's just hard. For me. But we find out from Bree that Riley never said Victoria's name out loud. Uh, that it was all very calculated. Yeah. Uh, and it's important I don't know. I guess this is the part that I like about the movie and of course you'll find out when we watch it in a couple weeks. That part is mentioned way earlier. So we get these like side by side narratives happening. So it's not just like they revealed it all at the end kind of thing. So I prefer that a little bit better. It is, of course, revealed with Jane, as usual, that they're like, so you just decided that it was okay to spare one of these newborns. Uh, And (laughs) Carla's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, duh. She said that she wouldn't hurt anybody anymore.
0: (laughs) Look at it. Come on. Yeah. You trust that face.
1: Yeah, and Jane just kind of looks at him and squints and is like... That wasn't your choice to make, though. <laughs> uh, and so we kind of knew that they, this was not going to end well. Yeah. But before that could happen... <laughs> I this, Jane's amazing. Before that could happen, she just, like, looks at Edward and Bella and then just tries her best to, like, hurt Bella just for the sole <laughs> fact that she exists. It's just <laughs> like, damn, can you imagine? It is important that Jane recognizes that Bella's still human and so she's like so um Kaius and Aro would be interested to know the fact that like you haven't followed up on your promise so that's great <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> yep she's just very she just like doesn't give a fuck which is amazing absolutely to me. Um, and Alice like finally chirps in at the end and is like so just so you know like we have a date set you can chill out for like two seconds Um, Jane of course doesn't give a shit which I love. And then the chapter ends and I this is like peak Jane which is amazing to me. She looks over at Felix is like, take care of this I want to go home. And the this is Felix just like ripping Bree's body apart so that they can leave. It's like, damn. Wow. Power play. Very big power play. And so the chapter ends with just more fucking smoke being added to that goddamn bonfire. <laughs> and that's it. No more Brie. For now, anyway. Hi. Yeah.
0: Oh, shit. Well, I mean, like, the reason that
1: there's a novella about her.
0: It's like, right, I was gonna say, I'm like, so. <laughs> is it, just, it was just
1: that? Stephanie Meyer copied and pasted
0: that part of the yeah, chapter. <laughs> Three pages. Sold it as a novella. <laughs> and made a million dollars.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Which I'm actually interested because in I haven't read that before, so it'll be new for both of us. Wow! <sighs> so chapter twenty-six, A.K.A. my
0: least favorite. <laughs> oh boy! You, you know we you can't keep saying this every time. Like I get it, but also, is it? I mean, isn't it's, it? Uh, it's just. I just. I feel like we've had a lot of least favorites in the past couple weeks. You know what I mean.
1: It's just that Stephanie, when she decides to make manipulative drag up, it's just like yeah, not... Yeah, it's
0: bad. It's bad. That
1: is my least favorite.
0: Yep. Agreed.
1: And it's aptly titled Ethics. Blit. Great. The chapter starts off with them back at the Cullen's house, and Bella also being reminded that instead of all this traumatic stuff happening, she was supposed to be at a sleepover.
0: Yep. Right. I also forgot that Bella, so it's okay. But It's fine. It was a billion years ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, Alice is trying to play dress up on her, as usual. And Bella's not paying attention. Also fine. Because all she can think about is Jacob. It's fine, I guess. When they're doing this, though, it's very filler. Because the fact that there's a few things that Stephanie wants to get through in this conversation between her and Alice. The first one being when Alice says quote, part of being a colon is being meticulously responsible like your image comes first, Right. which I thought was interesting because it'll kind of come back um, with a conversation between Bella and Charlie later on but then this conversation that Bella and Alice have where she's answering these questions because it's wild to me. <laughs> I guess before that though, there's this part where <laughs> where Alice says that okay so they're talking about the first question that yeah. Bella has which is when she turns will she be like Brie because that's like the point of Brie right is right like the why else would it be called mirrors you know like <laughs> there's a symbolic reason for her character right so Bella's obviously been thinking about that and what it means to be a newborn so with this conversation. Alice is like oh no no we'll keep you out of trouble and my favorite line in this is when Bella says I know that I trust you but it also says my voice is monotone dead and it's like (laughs) same (laughs) and then this like next one the other question that she has is about her like gifts or whatever it's hard to call them gifts because she's still a human and not a vampire yet but she obviously has something right She has an it factor. It's her smize, I guess. Um, Oh my god. (laughs) She's got a little something-something. She's got a spark. Yeah. Tyra would be proud, is what I'm trying to say. And so Alice is trying to explain what it is. And the differences between, like, what Jasper does and what Jane does. And that Jasper works on her actual body, like, on the hormones and, like, sparks firing on her body and not actually on her brain whereas jane is like working on her brain she was like oh shit i guess i do actually have something going for me it's like yes bella you are valid you are important Come on. <laughs> so anyway finally that ridiculous conversation ended and she gets home she has to put on this ruse tell her loving father charlie that the shopping trip and the sleepover were great so she gets home and we find out that charlie was just over to see jake and jake was okay he was healing anyway and my favorite thing about this is that lovely charlie my sweet charlie baby uh is that he says um like He should be alright because the fact that he was cursing so much. And Charlie's like, I don't know where he picked up that vocabulary, but I hope he hasn't been using that kind of language around you. It's like, sweetie, (laughs) like, what did you think? Come on. He's like a high schooler. What did you think was going on? Anyway, I thought that was pure. This whole conversation is very interesting to me because on the surface it's very like oh okay maybe charlie will be okay when i tell him about what's going on because he starts talking about like you know i don't believe in all that superstitious stuff but maybe it is okay like billy knew what was going on with jake somehow and stuff and bell's like yeah, yeah yeah great um sure sure but underneath that in the subtext it is worth noting that is talking about Daddy Malfoy a lot in this little section.
0: Oh, my God. I'm just saying. and It's there.
1: I'm just saying. And he starts talking about the fact that Daddy Malfoy has been spending a lot of time at Billy's place. Hello. And when he's discussing that, his face is, quote, thoughtful when he does it. Wow. So, hmm. What else is he doing on those long stretches of house calls? You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Apparently, during those house calls, Edward has been over at the Black House, too. And that has done a number on Charlie because Charlie has enough to tell Bella that, quote, he's a decent guy. And he'll try to remember that. No promises, though. Which, God. (laughs) like Okay. (laughs) Of course, none of this actually helps her conscience feel better right um because it's bella and she even mentions like if only i could be struck by lightning and be split in two which bella please stop (laughs) like none of this is helpful none of this is doing any good for actually helping you to heal and be a better friend here the the thing that i guess interested me about this part is that it started to make Bella feel more guilty and it's like one she doesn't need that right now too but Mm. it felt I don't know it's not like Steph has ever been subtle about anything throughout this whole series so far but I don't I guess I just don't like it when (laughs) like authors try to set up the goodbye here too especially because Charlie is a police officer there's a difference between like him trusting his instincts through like language and behavior and then right. him just like all of a sudden switching up his character and being like hmm all of a sudden during this conversation when you've gotten back from a trip and one of your friends has gotten hurt I just have a feeling that you're gonna leave me soon it's like no shit dude she's going shit. off to school <laughs> like, yeah bro uh sorry yeah I don't know something about that just felt weird to me but anyway star White and she (laughs) ends up at jacob's house and that's when things get nasty like really quick the capital m yes it's so bad so here's the thing i (laughs) i hate this um jacob is on a lot of morphine Yep, that is important i guess just because he's not sober And I'm sure that that would influence his decision-making in this conversation. Sure. Uh, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) especially when Bella asks him, how are you feeling? And he says, a little stoned. Dr. (laughs) Fang isn't sure how much pain medication I need. (laughs) So he's going with trial and error. Dr. Fang. I know. (laughs) I still love Daddy Malfoy, but Dr. Fang is a good runner-up for that. It's really good. It's really good. I love that. So, yikes, Bella has decided that she's just gonna rip this band-aid off and have a conversation with Jacob because, great, (laughs) let's just do this now, and she's been worried about him, so it's kind of a two-fold reason for her to see him. However, the conversation gets grossed really quick because of the fact that Jake still feels like there's a game going on. Yeah. Uh, Even though, (laughs) like, one... (laughs) Bella is engaged Yep. two they're literally getting married three she has said so many times that that this is not a thing that she wants with Jacob so this is all very clear however he has decided to tell her that he being Edward is playing the game every bit as hard as he is Um, only that apparently Edward knows what he's doing and Jacob doesn't So it gets gross. Even more gross. Very quickly. Uh, They start having these conversations about, like, is it better that Bella knows now that she loves him? Or would it have been better if she'd have never figured it out? And it's like, does this mat? Like, is this a conversation? Like, how? (laughs) I hate this. This is not a conversation that you two should be having. At least not in those words. That is not an effective way to communicate that. Um, Anyway. In the midst of this, Bella, being who she is, has decided that everything thus far and apparently her relationship with Jacob is her fault. And since Edward will not admit to that, she wants Jacob to admit to that, not only in his mind, but verbally and tell her so.
0: Right.
1: And so Jacob being stoned is like, yeah, man, totally. I'll play (laughs) along with this game. And so he starts saying things back to her verbally that seem very real and very genuine of, like, kissing me back like that was inexcusable. And you should have told me to go die. Now, here's the thing. I... Jacob? Jacob. Jacob. I, <laughs> I want you to listen to Bella. However... Listening to Bella and knowing what she wants means recognizing that when she tells you to communicate verbally that something's her fault when it's not her fault, (laughs) that is not doing (laughs) that at all. That is not doing your job. So anyway, he says these things out loud to her and she's like, oh, okay. well, I'm going to (laughs) go now (laughs) and just start sobbing. And so he responds with, I can't believe you're crying. You know I just said those things because you wanted me to. I didn't mean them. And so Bella, being the beautiful child that she is, is like, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. And
1: she's like, it's still true, though. Thanks for saying it out loud. <laughs> it's just like, fuck. My sweet child. There's none of this. Please stop. <sighs> So, we get our obligatory biblical reference that makes no sense here. Thank you for bringing up King Solomon, Stephanie. Appreciate it so much. Which, of course, leads to Jacob deciding that he will say to Bella in a vaguely threatening way, I'm not going to cut you in half anymore. Now, what he means is, (laughs) I'm going to respect your wishes and back off, but... Instead of actually saying those words and meaning them, what he means is, I'm going to say what you want me to say, and then in about two pages, say things like, the worst part is knowing what could have been, and I'm exactly right for you, and I'll always be here for you. Which is not, I'm not going to cut you in half anymore. Yeah, opposite, I would think. Very opposite. Yep. That's not how that works, Jacob. So we get the obligatory conversation about how Jacob is her son. Like, her son. Not, like, (laughs) my son. Uh, (laughs) um, My child. (laughs) Yeah. Jacob Black. (laughs) Um, That, of course, leads to the fantastic quote of Jacob saying... Literally said this out loud. Stoned Jacob said this out loud. The clouds I can handle, but I can't fight with an eclipse.
0: What? (laughs) Same. There
1: is literal phlegm. There it is, boys. There it is. Literal phlegm. Now, Bella's trying to be clear here. Like, as clear as she possibly can. Yeah, she's trying so hard. Yeah, she's literally telling him, like, I never had a choice. I always knew nothing would change. Uh, Maybe that's why I was fighting against you so hard. Maybe that's why I was fighting against you so hard, Jacob. And, um, but of course he's like still not getting it. So they have this conversation. Bella is so fucking guilt-ridden that when they're discussing if she's afraid, she wants to change. Uh, she's like, "Oh yeah, well, maybe I'll fuck up so bad in my new life, the one that I think I'm destined to be, that the Quileute pack will just have to take me out." You know, the ones that are my friends, like Quill and Embry, Yeah. you know, maybe they can just take me out, but I'm not a masochist, though. (laughs) Nah. No, no, no. Nah. Yeah. So, Jacob, Jacob has decided to continue on his bingo board of douchebaggery, of (sighs) saying things like... (sighs) You know how much I wish your love was enough? Like, I'll always be waiting in the wings. I hate all this stuff. It's the worst. I hate it all. When she finally decides to leave, thank you, Bella, she tells him that she loves him. And he says, love you more. Because, like, he just can't let her be the last word, apparently. Absolutely not. Um, I have to win. Yep, it's all a game. It's all a game. And that's, that is how chapter 26 ends is with a fucking game Ugh. that they're playing. Apparently. I hate it. I I also hate it. It's
0: gross and nasty and I hate it.
1: Yeah. The one thing and I think I think I will have us touch on it in the movie is and I, all I'll say is just remember Romeo and Juliet when the scenes that we've just talked about happened.
0: I'm not going to lie, I thought you said Romeo and Juliet and that got me very excited.
1: Yeah, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. All I will say, though, is this last bit of when Bella is with Jacob, Taylor Lautner looks like he is covered in baby oil, and it's, like, a lot. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I hate it. Well, he's on, like, morphine and stuff. He's having a a lot of fever, and he's already a very hot boy. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, no, he has, like, a feet Like, he always runs. No, I know. I'm just saying.
0: I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um...
1: And so they have to, like, show that. And it looks like they put a baby oil in a fucking spray bottle.
0: <sighs> I'm just saying. He just just dived into a tub of Vaseline. <laughs> he just lives in lard. Uh, <laughs> okay,
1: next week, Cody, is our final episode about the Thank novel God. Eclipse. Uh, so, chapter 27 and the epilogue. bye <sighs> Well, before we continue on to shit, let's talk about our patrons. Yeah, boy. Yes. We have two, our adorable patrons, whose names fantastically fit into the Twilight universe, which makes me so happy on so many levels.
0: Yep. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, to the, to the patrons, not to, not to you. Like, it's whatever. Uh, it. I love it. I
1: love it so <laughs> much. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going back under the cameras. Bye. So our ten dollar patrons, thank you so much to Rachel Black, sister of Jacob Black. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that you are in this family. Um, and our other ten dollar patron of Jessica Stanley. Yay! Fantastic. Wow. Uh, I am so glad that they have graced us with our money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> If you have a twilight adjacent name or any name, <laughs>
1: you can also be one of these people. Patreon.com/slash/the twilight. If you don't have a twilight adjacent name and you would like us to have,
0: a, <sighs> like, make you a new
1: twilight adjacent name, I will fucking, I will do. This whatever is you all want.
0: that Allie cares about. She will absolutely just craft you. I I'll
1: fuck yeah, I'll craft warehouse your life. Oh my god, my new business card slogan. So, do we have
0: a fan fiction? I. Do.
1: And I found this one. I did on my own. <laughs> How you? Well, all by yourself. All by my goddamn self. So here's the thing, Cody. Um, for the past almost year, I have been searching for fan fictions in a lot of different places. Sure. I have not, to the best of my knowledge, I also have a bad memory, so fuck off if this is wrong. Um, I have not gone onto the dark web of tumblr to find a fan fiction oh boy until now and i am a changed person (laughs) because what i found is that um there's a lot of things that twilight has in common with my little pony oh no and i hate that is what i'm trying to say um so
0: i found what have you done Allie, no. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Allie. A, no, I haven't. No. Okay. Listen.
1: Okay. No. I'm I just, just don't
0: want the bronies to come here. This is our safe space. They, okay.
1: That's what I fucking thought our tags were, and they're not a safe space. That's all I'm try,
0: trying to say.
1: Um, oh, my God.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so this is from the Imaginative Twilight blog, okay. and this, a person asked for... A character and a prompt the character that they asked for a fan fiction of was Jessica Stanley and the prompt that they asked for was a quote of I waited and waited but you never came back so I'm gonna read you a little bit of this fan fiction and the fucked up thing is Cody yeah. it was like good damn which is fucked up like it yeah. like me made... i of in this podcast <laughs> like listen okay <laughs> This is good. I don't know who runs it, but good job. Okay. Jessica Stanley had a lot on her mind senior year at Forks High School. Not Mike Newton, thank God. She had moved on from the prick after prom the year Bella came to Forks. In fact, her and I had started dating after the prom. My name is Casey Cullen, and I am the twin of Emmett Cullen. (laughs) Jessica and I dated for months, and I knew that by dating her, I was helping her figure out what she really wanted in life. She matured much during our relationship. The small-town gossip didn't mean much to her anymore. The foolishness of Mike Newton didn't sway her anymore. She no longer was the girl who joked around to get a guy's attention. She studied and began to seriously look for colleges outside of Forks and even out of Washington. Our relationship consisted of dates to movies, galleries, trips to Seattle. I wanted to expose her to the world, and she couldn't see that she couldn't see from Forks to Port Angeles. Then the bombshell happened. Edward decided he needed to find Victoria, the mate of James, and dispose of her before she came after Bella. People started to notice that Carlisle wasn't aging. While Edward took his time to break the news to Bella about us leaving, I went on my last date with Jessica and told her that my family was moving. I told her that Carlisle had been offered a job at a hospital that needed his help and that Alice got accepted to an art school near his new job. I told her that our family didn't want to split apart and that I was moving as well. She was shocked, but thankfully didn't burst into tears. Then I went even further and broke up with her, saying that a long-distance relationship would only distract her from her progress in school. It wasn't easy, but it had to be done. End scene. Cute! It gets, like, sad, but the ending is, like very sassy jessica is very cute wow i love it yeah i like it a lot that's great yep Ugh. and the person like the writer didn't assume who casey was like they didn't yeah like they didn't decide throughout it who it was and i was like all right sure so all right okay okay
0: yeah i love it yeah as we say in forks <sighs> get bit y'all boy
2: boy Oh hi there. Guess you stole Cody's mic and took over the end credits. This is an Earbud Media production. You can pitch a show at bit.ly slash earbud pitch. You can check out the network's Twitter at Earbud Media and while why don't you follow us everywhere at into the twilight since you're doing that why don't you just go ahead and check out our patreon it's patreon.com slash into the twilight just as little as a dollar a month you can get some cool things like pins and books help us do cool things like live streams. You can always help us out for free with reading and reviewing us on Apple podcast. Our amazing artwork was done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at your ghost 44. Our fantastic music was done by Eli Krauss, who you can find at krausfilms.com. The intro and outro of our podcast is done by KB Smith, who you can find at KB underscore Smith. you can find cody everywhere online at cody captures and you can find me now everywhere at into wild places you stayed until the end check you out good job and we will check back with you next week bye
0: you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone hey dan hey what's up john i just wanted to uh, confirmed that we were recording Monday. Yes. Uh, what are we recording for? Oh, it's our new podcast. Our podcast, the 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 Strange Little People. One, Strange right? Little People, yeah. Yeah, the one on Earbud Media Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. You can, can listen to it. The one that we update every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, dude. We have new guests all the time. Sometimes. Sometimes. Most but, of the time. Yeah, and we talk about current events and stuff. People should listen to it, right? Yeah, like, yeah it's really th- cool. I think people would like it. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but I, mean, I hope you would. Did you put out the ad yet? The uh, flyers? Yeah, I, I'm doing it right now as we speak. No, you're sitting down. No, no, this is happening right now as we speak. John, why did my hand just go through you? Oh my God. John. We'll talk about it next week.